0: Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, and today we have a special guest with us. He is the host of Chasing Legends, Nash Hoover. How are you doing? good how are you good good so uh this is the first time that i've gotten to uh speak with you and uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited i don't know about you
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's good to, it's good to finally uh meet you know face to face yeah
0: sort of yeah <laughs> so uh we're having you on today because you are going to be a uh at the uh Marinette menominee bigfoot and paranormal convention on uh, yes. june 4th so uh we're looking forward to having you up there um, and yeah, I'm a, looking
1: forward to being up there. It's gonna, it looks like it's gonna be a good time.
0: It is, yeah. So, have you done a lot of conventions and stuff, or
1: I do, I do, I do the same one every year, um, the Van Meter Visitor Festival in Iowa. Um, but I usually don't go off from that. I've done a couple other ones, but I've just never really been happy with kind of the whole, you know, the whole deal. Um, so I'm I'm pretty picky on the events that I do because I I want to do events where it's more about the, the field and the research and you know, actually teaching and not so much about glorifying you know hasbens and you know big TV people and what have you. It's you know it's you know I I want it to be true to what it should be. So I've <clears throat> like I said I'm very very picky. So I've usually only you know I've I've done the Van Meter Visitor Festival every year since. 2014 um just because i i'd really enjoyed the crowd and i enjoyed the the people that put it on uh, chad lewis puts it on um so yeah um so it's kind of decided to uh, to branch out a bit you know i'd seen that uh, chad originally was going to be at uh this event, and then Ken Gerhardt's going to be there, and I know Allison Jordanland, so I figured if I saw, uh, you know, those people involved, that it was a a good, you know, a a good event, so I, you know, I I reached out, and um, here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, Chad is going to be off on an expedition in uh, eastern part of of the U.S., I believe, I'm not sure, Um, but we actually have Shitan Noor replacing him, so.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I know her as well,
0: too. Oh, cool, cool. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. And um, <clears throat> so you are the host of Chasing Legends, and uh, that is a uh, YouTube show, correct? Yep. And have you, you put out, like, any DVDs, or are you on Amazon Prime? I know you think you were working on that and some other stuff.
1: Um, we are just primarily YouTube. Um, we had kicked around Amazon Prime, but I have a lot of, uh, you know, friends and colleagues that had had very poor experiences with putting their content on Amazon Prime so I was like yeah we'll just stay away Um, YouTube's free and accessible to everybody and we just you know we wanted our content to be as as easily available and readily available as it could be Um, and it seems to be working out for us Uh, you know we make no money off of it it's totally a passion project and you know we it's essentially it's just an excuse for me to, you know, to check out, you know, to check out some stories that I've really been into and then just, I, you know, bring along uh, some of my filmmaking friends and we kind of put a production around it and uh, edit it together to, you know, seem like a TV show and then we put it on YouTube. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we released kind of a, our YouTube season one. Uh, we released four episodes in 2020 or no, sorry. Released in February of 2021, so a year ago, um, they all came out. I think the fourth, the last episode released a year ago today, actually. Um, so yeah, we shot four four episodes during 2020, during the pandemic, like the height of the pandemic. Um, took advantage of the uh, cheap airfare and...
0: <laughs> definitely, not anymore. definitely, a good idea.
1: Um, but... Yeah, we uh, traveled to Massachusetts, Arizona, Louisiana, um, Vermont, shot four very different uh, cryptids. You know, we did Pukwudgies in Massachusetts, Champ in Vermont, the Mogollon Monster in Arizona, and then the Rougarou in Louisiana. So, you know, four very different uh, types of cryptids, four very different environments, which was kind of what we, you know, it was kind of the idea was to, you know, we wanted to kind of throw ourselves out of our comfort zone and not get not to stick to any type of area or you know you know we didn't want to do several bigfoot episodes we wanted to keep it very universal and open but yeah we started doing this 2013 may of 2013 is kind of when like everything kind of you know came together and we've been doing it ever since
0: (laughs) Cool. So you have, uh, you have any locations like, uh, set up for your next season already, or?
1: We've got a lot of stuff that we're looking at doing. Um, you know, we're trying to do it bigger. You know, we want to do more episodes this time around. Um, want to, you know, explore some, some more, yeah, some more lesser known topics. I I like to, you know, kind of, I like to go after the, the stuff that hasn't been done a billion times and, just because you know there's there's a lot of good stories out there that don't get you know the attention I feel they deserve and um, and sometimes you know we can find new evidence and just kind of add to that story and bring you know bring positive attention to uh to some of these cases um obviously you know we want to do some more of the bigger the heavy heavier hitters and uh more popular ones but yeah we're hoping to get going here pretty soon and get some stuff done
0: cool so um i'm sure you know i do mostly crypto uh, zoology and stuff for my my what i am interested in that um but i do like the paranormal and and that as well um oh i wanted to touch on your whole thing of uh doing more episodes uh from our standpoint we do one every two months um anything more than that like the the going out and filming and the the videoing and editing and all that stuff that's a lot of work you know from you know i i totally understand where you're coming from and and you know your standpoint because i mean i've i have actually watched uh your first four shows that you have out and um i also watched the uh um lake pepin episode yeah yeah because uh i i so i'll give you a little bit of uh Background, not background on me, but background on this here. I uh, I, I knew you're going to be on our show, and I wanted to, you know, check out what you've done and stuff. And I started out with the Pukwudgie episode because I, like you said, I've, I've not many people have touched on that and stuff. And like I, I, knew what it was, so I was like, all right, let's see, you know, what you got here. And the very first episode, you guys uh, get off the airplane or whatever and um, go to the hotel or wherever you are, and they're sitting on the couch, and this guy on the couch has a cryptid Campfire T-shirt on. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I know them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, Eli, Eli, the host of Crypto Campfire, yeah, yeah, he shot three of the four with us.
0: Yeah. See, and I I didn't know that, like, going in to watch it, and I'm like, I know that shirt. Who is this guy? And then his name came up, and I'm like, oh, him. Yeah, and I I haven't met those guys, obviously, but... um, in my research and stuff, you know, when I'm at work, I listen to podcasts for like 10 hours a day, and uh, Cryptid Campfire is one of the ones that I do watch and or listen to. Yeah, again,
1: Eli's so. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we shot we shot the Pukwudgie episode first, which is why he wasn't in that, and then we shot to Mogollon Monsters second, and he, since, you know, he lives in California, so he was only a few hours away, so he drove out just to meet us and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he kind of comes in like halfway through that episode, and then we all just really enjoyed, you know, working with him. So then he stuck on with the, you know, the, the Ruguru and the uh, champ. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. So that's my little tie in for your, your show and stuff. I mean, cause I was like, Hey, that's, that's a cool shirt. I listened to that. And then, and then I see him on the episodes and I'm like, Hey, Hey, I know that name. So yeah. And then of course I went on to uh, their uh, podcast and I found episodes with you on there. So yeah, I, I checked those out as well. So um yeah, so I I also want to give you some props too because uh the Mogion monster um I've I mean like I, I do a lot of Bigfoot. I do a lot of Bigfoot in upper Michigan and throughout Wisconsin and and Kentucky and Tennessee. I've done uh, work too. And I have not heard that name before. You're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you
1: you would be you would be surprised or you know, but maybe not surprised at the amount of people in the Bigfoot community that found out about that because of you know our episode or just me kind of bringing it up to them yeah that's one that that's one of those ones that you it rarely gets touched on i don't even remember i i honestly that's been on our list our episode list for probably five six years and i don't i don't even remember how i came across it but it's always been one that had kind of fascinated me because it doesn't get any attention and when we were putting that putting that episode together, it was so hard to find anybody in Arizona that we could you know even interview. And uh, I lucked out. Um, David Weatherly wrote uh, one of his one of his state books is on Arizona, and he has a quite a huge section on Mogi on monster in there, and has people that he interviewed for his section. So I was, so I took that and, you know, reached out to, you know, some of these people and that's how we got like Alex Hearn and then uh, Kevin and Chuck, who we interviewed out in the woods. Um, Kevin has a YouTube channel called Arizona Bigfoot and it's just, you know, it's pretty much him documenting his kind of research into the Bigfoot up on the Mogollon Rim. So I reached out to him and that's how we found him. But yeah, there's not much out there on, on that one. And it's, it's kind of sad because that's, prime habitat for something mm-hmm. to to exi- you know to live out there you know, very comfortably and undetected
0: mm-hmm. and i've seen i've, well, I've not seen it. i've heard a lot of stories from arizona of of bigfoot creatures and stuff but i've never heard the name in in reference to that so that was really cool when i first saw it come up on your uh your episodes list i thought maybe it was like the mongolian monster or not mongolian monster um mongolian the death, death worm. Worm. yeah and i was like I wish. this guy went to mongolia oh man I was super pumped, and I turned it on. And I'm like, "Oh, I totally read that wrong!" And oh, Bigfoot. Hmm, interesting. So that was cool. And uh, we don't do a lot of the uh, like lake monsters and stuff because uh, for our team, if we're gonna go out and and do something, we want to do it 110 mm-hmm. percent. So I I have a, a van. For bigfooting and stuff, and it has 360 lighting on it. It has 360 security cameras. Um, you know, it ain't all terrain by any means, but if something crosses the road when we're out, you know, looking around for stuff, we're gonna catch You're it gonna on video. It. Um, and I feel it has, you know, backup video or backup batteries. It has solar panels on it. It's it's a self-contained. You know, we have waders. We have all kinds of stuff in that thing to to document and get out there in the field and stuff. And if I'm gonna go look for uh, a lake monster, I feel like I have to have a boat that is very similar to that with, with sonar and the underwater mm-hmm. drone and all this stuff. And I just don't have the uh, funding right now to go all in on a boat. So we haven't even, our our group hasn't even touched lake monsters. So I was I ask.
1: I love lake monsters. I love lake monster investigating because it is a challenge. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, it's, you have to pretty much have to take your You're, you know, the the entire book of investigating cryptids and just throw it out Mm -hmm. because it's, you're not, you know, you're on open water. You're, you're not walking around. You're, you're totally limited to where your boat can go. And, you know, obviously what you can see from the shore, but yeah, when we, uh, when we did like Pepin, you know, that's another one that we've talked about, like going back and doing kind of like a return just because one, that episode was bad. Um, I mean, we, we put a lot of info, a lot of info in it, but we were like totally green when it came to like production. And, you know, we shot that all in one camera and two GoPros and, uh, we were supposed to have a night investigation, but you know, we, we're going to have a boat that we were going to use that night and it fell through like literally the day of, so that's why it's literally just us, you know, lucky, you know, we lucked out with, uh, Larry Nelson being, you know, allowing us to take us out on his paddle wheel. And we just spent hours out, you know, out there, you know, and we had our, you know, potential sighting. But that's one that you know we've wanted to do again, and and most likely will do again. But like, right, and actually get, you know, our own uh, boat and you know, with some sonar capabilities and this and that. But yeah, uh, lake monster stuff is it's it's a lot of fun, but it's it's definitely limiting, especially on like a, a, like a production standpoint of like how we how we go about it you really have to choose the right ones.
0: Definitely. Like I said, you, you got to either do it all out or it just doesn't work because you know, you're out in the woods, you're you're at a disadvantage like looking for Bigfoot or or the Rougarou or whatever because you're you're out hiking and and you're in its terrain, like you can Mm -hmm. walk through the woods, but you're never going to be as adept as whatever's living out there. And now you go out on the water looking for something and you can't breathe underwater, you know, uh, your vision's probably limited by whatever's in the water and you're just at a complete disadvantage to anything that you're looking out for out there. So you're probably never going to find it because it's it's way smarter and way better at, you know, living there than you are. Mm Mm-hmm so um we talked about what you got coming up and stuff so um you i want to talk to you <laughs> about your favorite cryptid because i already you, know what it is I was, I was gonna say, like, you're asking like you know <laughs> I, I already know what it is um, so i i am really surprised because obviously i i knew what it was when you you said it um well okay tell everybody at home what you what your favorite cryptid is
1: it's 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 a different one. Um, I the reaction that I get from people is 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 always is always comical because it's it's so far out there. At the at the, at the same time that it's not. So my favorite cryptid is the uh, the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. I, I cannot tell you why. Um, <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> I, I no. I just I don't. It's it. That's the one that I've always that i I've, I've researched the heaviest and. Uh, you know, and I've been researching for, since I was six years old and I've, you know, that for some reason, that's the one that I always gravitate to. I've always, you know, look really deep into, and that's the one that, that out of all of them, out of all the ones that I've researched all over the world, that's the one that I so badly want to get on the ground and look, you know, and, and launch an expedition into. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the Tasmanian tiger or the thylacine, it was a real animal, that was brutally hunted to extinction um, by, you know, by people. Um, it lived in, uh, it was in mainland Australia and then in Tasmania. Um, it was pretty much forced. It died off of mainland Australia first once the, the dingo was introduced and it fought, had to fight for uh, for food source and dingo uh, obviously won. And then uh, on the island of Tasmania, it was... Uh, just essentially hunted to extinction because it was deemed a, you know, a threat or a nuisance to local farmers. And there were essentially a bounty put out on it. And, you know, a lot of people made, you know, some decent money hunting these Cylacines. Their, uh, their train also went up into uh, Papua New Guinea, which I feel if there are any still alive, they're either in uh, kind of the mountains of central Tasmania um where there aren't any people or there i mean it's it's very possible that there are in mainland australia still, still a ton of sightings um uh, but papua new guinea i feel like is would probably be the most likely because papua new guinea is like is so unexplored because it's like the wild west like it's there's not there's new species that get found there every day so if something you know if something is i mean that's like the a lot of people say that if if dinosaurs still exist, they're either in Central Africa or they're on Papua New Guinea, um, just because no one goes into these jungles. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that I've just fallen in love with. You um, know, and I feel the uh, the protocol of deeming deeming an animal extinct is not based on science, and it's more of just oh, we haven't seen one in a week. I guess it's gone. Like it's people are seeing these things, and they and they're smart, and they're they they know. Where to hide and and how to hide and so yeah, I, I definitely feel like they're still out there.
0: I hope they're still out there. Mm-hmm. They're a really cool animal. I mean, like I've watched the videos. Obviously, you know the the Hobart Zoo and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the new ones that they claim that they found now. Um, have you seen those? There was supposed to be two new new footages that they had found.
1: Is that the was that the one guy that was like? you know, proof of found and made like a whole teaser for his evidence. And then no, no. it just was, there was clearly something else.
0: There was a, um, there's the, the videos from the Hobart zoo that, yep. uh, they recently recolorized. And oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah there was yeah, yeah. two other videos, like 30 second clips or something that uh, was in the news. I don't know. I'm, I'm yep, very yep, yep, fluid yep. with time, but recently, yeah the,
1: un- yeah. the unreleased ones of, uh, of Benjamin and, um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, um, I've got a couple of the uh, the colorized ones too um, saved somewhere, but yeah, I mean, and the other thing with the uh, Tassie tigers is they're, marsup- they're a marsupial. They look like a they look like a wolf or a dog, but they're more related to a kangaroo. Like they, you know, their young or born into a pouch, and you know they have joeys and um, just a huge gaping jaw on those things. Though it's funny too because my my uh, cell phone background is actually
0: nice very cool. <laughs> very cool i have um on my desk here i have a ton of uh little cryptid creatures and stuff here and um i actually have a uh thylacine but he's over in my other cabinet so nice. but i got all the rest of these weird little guys here lake monster down there and stuff so hodeg. <laughs> nice
1: yeah, I've got a few. I've got the I got Bigfoot and the my stuffed stuffed peppy. Nice. <laughs> and I've got the Patterson Gimlin foot cast okay. back there.
0: Okay, yeah, mine's down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. So uh, um, my, I, I throw this out to you because I'm interested as well. If you ever uh, do get a chance to go to Australia, I think Caps and Chasing Legends needs to team up and do a crossover episode.
1: That'd be cool. Or the merrier.
0: <laughs> all right, man. I will hold you to that, man. I just got to get my passport. I haven't got that yeah, yet. That's, that's important. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but like I said, when when I heard you say that, I was like, now there is a cryptid that you don't hear a lot about being a cryptid. You know, you hear like the Bigfoot, you know, uh, Dogman, uh, Mothman, all that stuff. And a lot of people don't
1: mainstream
0: yeah they don't they don't take into consideration like you said all the, the obscure ones and stuff um and i i wonder if that's because like the thylacine is is a real animal like documented yeah, it's, history and
1: i think that might be you know it it fits it fits into cryptozoology because it's obviously not supposed to be there and people are saying that it is um but it doesn't at the same time that it was you know an actual documented animal Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what, you know, a lot of people, I think that's why it, it it trips people up so much when I say that that is my, you know, my favorite is because it's not the traditional, uh, cryptid and, uh, I don't care. I'm unique. I'll be, I'll take it. I'll, (laughs) I think everyone
0: that that does the kind of stuff that we do is unique. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, well, but you know, when, when you're talking about animals like that existed and don't anymore, you have like, you know, all of them per se i mean aside from like maybe mothman dogman and bigfoot you have you know um the plesiosaurs and the lake monsters Mm -hmm. and stuff i mean you look at the fossil record of prehistoric dinosaurs and reptilians you have those you have the giant crocodiles you have um trying to think you know
1: the the titan the titan boas in south america and the the uh mammoths in canada and siberia and yeah, All
0: the, it's, the pterosaur ones and stuff, the, the pteranodons mm-hmm. and and that. So you have a lot. Yeah, of... I mean,
1: it's you you can definitely you know draw some parallels to you know extinct animals and, and cryptids. I mean, it's it's very well possible. I mean, that's kind of how we always approach things. Is that it? You know, we kind of we look at everything with a super skeptical and an objective lens. I mean, you have to in this field; otherwise, you're just disappointed the whole time. But, you know, you can't, you can never go in and do these things and, you know, 100%, you know, believe that you're going to find, you know, find Bigfoot or you're going to find evidence. You kind of have to look at it, you know, you have to look for clues into, you know, the other, other possibilities which so is kind of what we, how we go about it. We, you know, we look more into what could it be versus what is it, you know? So we are trying to, you know, we study the, you know, local, local known wildlife, you know, is it, you know, with the case of Mogia monster, is it just a, pissed off bear that people are you know fear kicks in oh my god I saw you know I saw a bigfoot because the mogian monster a lot of people describe it as being pissed and angry and you know it attacks campsites and this and that so you know is it something you know is it something like that that you know it's just your fear kicks in and you associate it with you know stories that you've heard um you know, and we've done some Wisconsin dogman research and, you know, is it just, uh, you know, people seeing wolves and they've never seen a wolf before and they know the stories of Bray Road and, you know, all these other things that, and they just, you know, associate it or, you know, you see a, you know, a mat, you know, a 12 foot long surge, a sturgeon swimming through your lake and, you know, oh, I just saw a lake monster, you know. So we, you know, we've always looked at it from, we always look at everything from that, from that lens and, you know, extinct animals definitely could fall into that as well because, you know, if you see something that no one has, has seen in you know a hundred years, you know you're not going to know what it is. You know, unless you're unless you study extinct animals, which not many people, you know, not and not your average Joe is going to you know have that knowledge.
0: You're talking about uh, a lot of people report that the um, the Mogian monster is a, a pissed off Bigfoot. Have you noticed in your research and stuff that a lot of people from the southern states, like Texas, and uh, Arizona and stuff like that all claim to have more of the uh, aggressive Bigfoots down there, whereas opposed to the, the Northern area, they're more of the, the forest creatures and more peaceful.
1: I mean, I've come across the, uh, you know, the aggressive side of them pretty much everywhere. Um, Yeah. You definitely see it, um, you know, more on on the South side, like you said, uh, more South of the country. And, um, but yeah, I think, the majority of like Mogia monster stories that I've come across were, you know, there was like a sense of hostility, you know, it was, you know, it attacked their camp and it, you know, it roared and, you know, rushed, you know, chased them off, you know, chased them away and whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I guess I've never really like put that together that it seems like it's more on the South, South, you know, the Southwest, South, uh, areas. Um,
0: one of your sure, your witnesses actually brought up a good point that I thought too. He said that, I don't, I don't know which one he was, but um, he said that, um, you know, being food was so scarce down there that it's possible that, you know, when these people are going into their, their habitats, you know, like you guys out there camping and stuff, um, when uh, these Bigfoot or whatever creature down there is looking for food, they feel you as a threat. Because, you know, the, the drier land, the less... Less animal. I mean, obviously there are animals down there, but the less prey for them, the less food sources Mm -hmm. and stuff. There's, there's a bigger um, uh, fight for the food. I mean,
1: yeah, and that would make sense. I mean, there's, you know, we we saw, you know, we saw a wolf down there um, when we were driving around, and then like the largest elk herd Mm -hmm. in the country is down there, and we, you know, we ended up in the middle of that, and um, so I mean, there's definitely plenty of wildlife down there all kind of, you know, fighting for resources. So it's, yeah, it's very well possible that, you know, that it, it does see uh, other humans and just other animals in general as that kind of fight for resources. And yeah, that's a good, good point.
0: So um, anybody that's listening and stuff, you got, you got your YouTube show and stuff, you go do that and everything. Do you also, uh, when you're not filming that, do you go out in, uh, you're from uh, Minnesota, right? Yep. Yeah, do you go out around like Minnesota and like look for Bigfoot and other stuff right in your home state or
1: We try to um if I'm ever, you know, obviously if you know the if I'm ever up, up north, um, you know, I'll do some poking around, but um, it's hard in the it, it's hard where I live because it's, you know, I live in uh, south central Minnesota, so it's mostly fields and nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so, you know, it's kind of I was, I was definitely a, a, an armchair researcher for a good portion of my career until I was finally able to you know afford to travel to places and do research. Um, Lake Pepin's nearby, so that's probably the one that I've, outside of the episode that we shot, have been there the most, uh, doing research and field research and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I try to as much as I can, uh with you know factoring in a day job and you know family but yeah i i definitely don't do it as much as i wish i could and i definitely i want to start doing more just like specific you know research trips no production just mm-hmm. specifically going and researching um so that's something i definitely want to do way more of <sighs>
0: I lost my train of thought there, Uh, you got me off, um, (laughs) you're, um, what were you saying? Totally lost my train of thought. Um. It happened. Let's go, uh, so, okay, so you, you did Lake Pepin, so, oh, okay, that's where we were. Um. So I definitely saw the uh, the ripples in your, your Peppin episode that you guys are talking about. Um, and from my standpoint watching the video, I mean, I couldn't tell you. It looked like uh, from the editing and stuff, it kind of looked like there was a boat that had gone through there. But that, e- even if so, the boat was going the opposite direction is what I'm, I'm s- trying to say there. So it, But you can kind of see like the, the undulating kind of... Mm-hmm. ripples back there you can
1: see that yeah that classic uh lake monster sighting mm-hmm.
0: yeah it definitely had yeah that there
1: was so the you know the weather was pretty poor that day um and there weren't you know we, we maybe saw in the four or five hours we were out on this boat we maybe saw you know two or three other boats um but where we had seen that, nothing came through because we were looking out that direction for quite a while before we caught it. And you know, Lake Pepin is a part of the Mississippi River, so it the current goes mostly south with the river. Um, I mean, there are you know the occasional you know back currents and whatever, but that specific section that we could definitely see you know the main water going south, and then whatever this was was going north. You know, it was definitely moving north. Um, and it it just appeared out of nowhere and was kind of moving slowly along and then it eventually faded away um, not saying it was a lake monster I mean I think we we chalked it up as you know an unusual wave pattern um, in the episode, um, but definitely something that does fit with eyewitness descriptions of seeing something seemingly large moving through the water uh, so yeah that's I mean that that sighting is kind of one of the reasons why I really want to go back and do a proper return. I mean, I've been back, you know, tons of times um, after that and just kind of trying to make sense of, you know, just kind of checking the area to see if I could see something like that appear again. And I never have. Um, And, you know, we shot that in 2014 and, you know, so that's almost eight years ago and that I've been going back. To try and you know get understanding and see if I could you know get catch that again and I've never seen it again. Um, I mean Lake Pepin's massive and it's very identical to the size of Loch Ness. It's 23 miles long and a mile and a half wide. It's definitely not anywhere as deep as Loch Ness. You know Loch Ness gets to like 750 feet, um, whereas Lake Pepin, I think there's like the deepest point is maybe 80. Um, but just because it's such a silty uh lake being connected to the Mississippi River, so a lot of it is you know the depth changes a lot um so i mean it's it's hard for me to uh i mean there's definitely still a lot of interesting photo evidence that has come out of uh Lake Pepin, definitely your kind of classic plesiosaur, or pump and neck photos and stuff um it's hard for me to distinctly say that that's what it is and it's not you know there are there are known to be sturgeon in the lake there's uh, gar in that lake there's large fish um, that definitely could attribute to some of the sightings um, but it's hard to say I mean that lake is so muddy because of being a part of the Mississippi you can't see anything so you would, ha- you would have to breach the surface for you to even know that it's that you're looking at something
0: So you're talking about, like, seeing, like, the fish and stuff like that and and possibly uh, writing that off as what it is. But um, are you familiar with the the eDNA study of Loch Ness?
1: Yes, the eels, the the eel DNA.
0: See, um, one of the things that bothers me about that is a lot of people claim that these things, you know, like, they get the pictures of the, the neck coming out of the water and stuff. Now, when is the last time you saw an eel stick its head out of the water like that?
1: You don't. It doesn't
0: yeah so even with these sturgeons and stuff like that if you're you're having the humps and the undulating in the water and that I mean you could sure you could write that off as a large fish, a log or something, but um without it being you know written off as an actual hoax or something that somebody put there what else what else do you have that that cranes their head out of the water like that?
1: yeah, yeah. there isn't much um but you know the issue with plesiosaurs is that they you know they're very similar to like modern day dolphins where they have to. You know they have to they have to breathe air you know they're to you know they're not uh, totally aquatic so you know that's kind of like the main argument against you know plesiosaurs is you know well we would see them way more coming to the surface for air um unless it's something that's you know fully you know i mean over you know however many millions of years has evolved to not need to be there which it's it's definitely possible mm-hmm. um So with
0: a lot of of the dinosaurs and stuff, I mean, you know, I I just had Sheetan Noor on the the episode, too, as well here. Um, We just recorded an episode, and um, we were talking about lake monsters and stuff with her. And, um, you know, looking at the movies like Jurassic Park, you know, when that was filmed in 1994, the things that we have learned about... Uh, the fossil record and and the way that these animals lived and looked and everything has changed so much, even from the original Jurassic Park movie to the stuff now. So um, we were talking about how it's possible these plesiosaurs might not have been reptiles at all; they could have been uh, amphibians or fish, and and been able to breathe under the water. And that's mm-hmm. why we're not seeing these things breach as much and come up for air. So what are, what well, are your yeah, thoughts it's, on that? yeah, it's
1: it's so hard to judge. What an animal was like when we have only seen the bones. You know, I mean, there's, when it comes to dinosaurs, you know, it's anything's, you know, anything's possible. That's, you know, when it's, that's one of my favorite memes is, you know, someone talked about, you know, or someone made up what a dinosaur sounds like without even ever hearing what they actually sound like. You know, it could, they could, you know, they might not roar at all. It could just be, you know, like, like a, a bird sound or, you know, something completely innocent sounding. <laughs>
0: and, uh, is like a kitten. This big T Rex. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely. It's. You know, there's there's so many what ifs when it comes to lake monsters, and I think that's one of my favorite. I think that's why it's, I enjoy researching lake monster stuff so much. I mean, like when we were out in Lake Champlain, you know, there's so many different uh, different directions that could go. I mean, you have so much good evidence that has never been explained, mm-hmm. and it. That lake is huge. I mean, it's, you know, it's one hundred and twenty miles long, and you know, it's what is it, thirty? It's wide. It's it's big. You know, it it was and and it's and it's only a fraction of the size that it used to be. I mean, it was at one point called the Champlain Sea and was actually connected to the ocean. So, you know, anything could be anything could be living in there, and we don't know. I mean, we we were seeing depths of, you know, almost 400 feet when we were going out. And that's, you know, no one, and from what we understand, no one actually knows how deep Lake Champlain truly is or could be. I mean, there's literally a mountain range in the middle of the lake that you can see, you know, you can see the peak of it tip, you know, stick out of the water. (laughs) And the guy that we, that took us on the boat has told us that there's, you know, very likely cave systems down there that have never been explored, never been seen um, by anybody that could definitely be hiding something. Um, I'm definitely on the large turtle hypothesis when it comes to Lake Champlain, just from what we gathered and kind of what a lot of people described it as, where it's, you know, kind of a shorter neck with, you know, the pretty round, you know, shell back. Um, That definitely would make the most sense to me, but you never really know it's jury's out. It's (laughs) could be anything. I mean, you got the Mansi photo and it looks very pleasy sort of like, but then you've got, you know, some video footage that it definitely looks turtle like. And, you know, the guy that took us out on the boat had a sighting and he definitely described it as being, you know, all he pretty much saw was just like the, the, the shell looking kind of round back and it just like dropped like a submarine and took off. And yeah, it's, anything, anything can be possible when it comes to lake
0: monsters. So the original uh, Loch Ness monster uh, sightings and stuff, um, the guy that said that he saw it on land and it, it got the footprints and all that, that had all been proved to be a hoax. Um, the guy had the big... Um, elephant trash can or elephant yep. garbage can foot that he was using to stomp around and stuff. Um, so my, my question is, um, when you've researched these, cause like I said, I don't, I haven't delved into this too much because you know, hundred percent or I don't bother. But, um, when, when you're looking into your, your Champlain and Pepin and stuff like that, um, have you heard any sightings of it being on land?
1: Champlain? Yes. Uh, Pepin? Yeah. No. Come um, on. Champlain there are definitely a lot of uh reports of it um you know there's like these little marshy areas Mm -hmm. where there was always reports that there's like large uh uh kind of disturbances in the water that you know like kind of like the algae and the you know Mm -hmm. algae and stuff has kind of been moved aside in a very large uh pattern um uh, one The one lady, Christine Hebert, that we interviewed, she reported it at, almost on land. You know, it was literally up next to her dock. Um, so it, whatever it is, it it's capable of, you know, exiting the water. It's not, you know, it's not stuck to only living in the water. Uh, but yeah, with Pepin, I've never, it's possible, um, but I've never come across any land sightings.
0: You know why I asked that, right? Because um, you also have another creature very similar down in Africa, the Mokele mm-hmm. Um And I, I'm curious to think, like, from your point of view that's looked into it, and we asked Shitan or as well, like, um, you know, if you think that these things, like, for example, like, you have Bigfoot. You have Bigfoot, you have Sasquatch, you have the Grassman, you know, you have the, the Yaoi, the Yaren, the Orang um, Pendek, all these different names and, and descriptions, for pretty much the same creature around the world. So when we're looking at these things like uh, Champ and Pepin and, and Nessie and that, you have these same similarity creatures called different things around the world. And um, it's interesting because the the main thing with cryptids is you you almost have to have this breeding population for this to be a real mm-hmm. animal. Um, so you have to have more than one of these. You have to have more of them around the world. So do you think that um, Mokele and Membe is a more brontosaurus sauropod creature, or more of a, a lake monster like these?
1: I'm definitely more on the uh, brontosaurus sauropod. Um, just you know, and you know, earlier when I kind of was talking about you know the Central Africa and you know Papua New Guinea being kind mm-hmm. of like the lost worlds, um, I was kind of more you know you know, hint, you know referring to you know the uh, Maculama Mbembe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on kind of how it's described, it seems more. You know because there are a lot of reports that you know kind of being on land and um but that's one of those ones where it's you know it's that has so many, uh you know there's a lot of possibilities that that could be something because it's in an area that most people aren't gonna go Mm -hmm. you know and you know the congo was definitely not somewhere that you can just walk into um both, you know, with it just being, you know, very dense jungle, and the possibility that you're probably going to get shot, um, just true. from the, yeah. uh, you know, just from the unrest and uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, the lawlessness in the area. Um, but you know, the people that have gone in and gotten in um, have definitely described, you know, the, you know, the westerners that have gotten in and done research have definitely described something that does fit. The uh, the bill when it comes to it being, you know, sauropod, uh, you know, brontosaurus-like. Um, I do. Yeah, it, it's just. Go ahead.
0: I do find it very interesting that you know, um, not to say that the the natives or anything are unintelligent. By any means but these these people don't have access to the internet or books or the research and stuff and the the researchers that have gone in there and shown pictures of elephants and dinosaurs and other things um the natives always point at you know the sauropod dinosaur and go no that's what we saw it's not an elephant no it's it's not yeah. this and and i find that very interesting because they're they're not out there to you know hoax anyone or oh, yeah. anything they know what they saw you know and
1: that's that for me. Is why I like I primarily in uh, research international uh, cryptids. I I you know I obviously touch on the U.S. just because I live here and it's you know it's easiest to it's it's the easiest, most accessible. But I've definitely more preferred researching international stuff just because there are so many possibilities when you get into like the cultural side. You know, is it you know a known animal that. You know at the time that the story started they didn't know what it was and it just became from oral and written tradition it's just kind of stuck with these tribes um i can't remember the gentleman's name but there was i believe it was western africa and he went in um i believe it might have been some okolama research or it was a different african cryptid um but he showed that you know the the natives photos of, of a rhinoceros which obviously to western society is a known animal and they all were like yes yes that's the creature you know so this is you know it, it, you kind of run into that that instance where it's you know something that is known to the rest of the world but isn't known to the group of people that have these stories um and that to me is why, you know, like the cult research and the cultural side of these cryptid sightings is so fascinating because you, you can, you run into that a lot where it's a lot of it is just, you know, you have a group of people that is so out of touch with the, with the world around them and have no idea the things that have been discovered and, you know, by science and, and, and are known to, to exist. And they see these animals as monsters because they're large and scary and, you know, charge at them and they don't understand them. Um, not saying that that's all of the, you know, cases with uh, cryptid cases around the world, but you definitely run into that with some. Um, and A- Africa is one of my favorite uh, continents to research cryptism because you run into so many of the, uh, you know, the oral traditions and... You know the the stories that have just been passed down, and then it's just kind of stuck with the people. Even even if they know, you know, that these animals are, exist, um, you know, the the original story could have just been something that was misunderstood and turned into a turned into a monster. You know, and back on kind of like the Makololo there's so many uh, other like dinosaur, uh, you know cases in um, Africa, you know, you have the uh, it the, it the hold on, I got to check a research I don't want to screw this name up <laughs> where are you, where are you, where are you the kangamato mm-hmm. in Zambia, which is reported to be like a pterodactyl um, and that's, you know and that one has you know, quite a bit of evidence to it um but you know it just goes in to show that you know the central central and western africa how unexplored it is and how a lot of these things could just be living happily and no one would know that these things are even still around
0: do you do you do anything with like the paranormal or that side of the stuff or no
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's how we started. I mean, the first Chase and Legends episode is a ghost hunt.
0: Hmm. Um, I think I did see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, Ghost of Hell's Tunnel. That's, yeah, that's a train wreck. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it, so, all right.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and watch it. It's, we originally shot that as, like, a, okay, let's test our concept, because it was literally, like, a month after we created the show like all right let's see if you know let's let's test a concept let's go out and shoot something well we ended up having like a ton of activity so we're like okay we got to release this like mm-hmm. let's just put it out there and let it be what it is um yeah I was definitely we shot it in 1080 but i was i think i edited on windows movie maker and i didn't know how to export it so it exported out into like 480 so it's just like looks like we shot it on a potato, but it's <laughs> like, I'm so, I, I wish I could find the original because it was on a computer that I had like no longer own. And it, you know, it, it was like a cheap laptop that eventually crapped out. And I wish I could find the original master and actually like release it in how it should look. But when I, mean, I have, I have, the I have an HD, uh, render on a DVD somewhere, but, um, yeah, it's, but yeah, I mean, we we were into the ghost stuff for quite a while we kind of stepped away from it just because i i wasn't happy with how the field was um it's it's something that we have kind of discussed dipping our toe back into not necessarily with chasing legends but you know possibly like doing a kind of like a side um spin-off project that would kind of, you know, allow us to look into those things. Cause it's, you know, it definitely interests me, you know, I'm, I'm a big history buff. So, I, you know, I kind of, I like that looking at it from that side of, you know, that we're getting to kind of explore some pretty, you know, some places with some cool history. And, um, we actually are shooting something in the middle of March that is ghost related. Um, kind of an unannounced thing that we're kind of playing around with. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I like, I like the ghost hunting stuff. You know, I, that was kind of how I originally got into the paranormal was from ghost hunting, you know, watching ghost adventures and being like, I can do that. And, (laughs) um, kind of just stemmed from there and then it, you know, eventually became, you know, I shot, uh, I DP'd for a ghost hunting show that's on Amazon prime. And that was kind of my kind of hardcore kind of tossed into, you know, some of the, you know, from ter- pretty terrifying places in the midwest and uh got to kind of experience that and it you know i it's i like the stuff but yeah i definitely am more on the cryptid side of things just because it's more fun for me i i'm definitely not uh sit in a room and you know talk to the walls kind of guy um that's,
0: that's what i always say when people like i love cryptids and i do i do all of it you know because of caps and that but i said you know <laughs> I, I will sit in the middle of the woods, pitch black, with a thermal imager listening for something to snap a tree branch, and I'm super excited and super ready to go. And then I just can't stand sitting in a room uh-huh. going, Is anyone with me? Can you make this light turn on? I mean, I'll do it, but <laughs> I'd much rather go get eaten by something in the woods, you know?
1: Yeah, people would like, You know, would you guys do like go something stuff with Chasing Legends again? And I'm like, Yeah, but it would have to fit like a very specific criteria. Like, it would have to be you know, like some haunted temple somewhere in the middle of a jungle that we have to hike four days to get to. And, you know, has that still that level of danger and adventure to. Like, we're not just going to go, you know, to some haunted prison and, you know, because it just, the way we, the way we developed the show and like kind of the structure of the show wouldn't work with your typical hauntings. Um, I know so that's kind of why you
0: had mentioned that one of your, like, um, examples for your show as well as mine was expedition um or uh, destination truth right yep josh gates and stuff and i mean mm-hmm. I, I i absolutely love that guy and and uh, all the stuff very, that he's, he's done a, that. he's a
1: very nice guy
0: yeah have you got to meet him yes cool very cool i met I, him
1: yeah i met him in milwaukee in 2019.
0: ah i was there i did not get to meet him uh i didn't even know there was meet and greet tickets available until after we got there
1: wasn't there. we uh well yeah there. So, yeah, because I I had the same problem too. I you know the the meet and greet stuff was all sold out by the time I even found out about it. I um, was actually in Ireland when I found out about it and bought the tickets. Um, and yeah, so we went and you know it was just cool just to kind of hear his stories. When we were walking out, we noticed a huge line of people, kind of at the where like the like the stage exit was. And we we're like, you know, we walked over, like, what's going on? Like, oh, he's gonna come out through here. I'm like, oh, okay, so let's, you know, let's just hang out. And like somebody eventually did come out and was like, you know, he's gonna walk through, he's gotta get going, but he will, you know, take photos and and, you know, chat for very briefly. So, you know, he came through and, you know, I, I snapped a photo with him and shook his hand and, you know, that it was a very, very brief meeting. Um but yeah, I mean, yeah, destination truth was kind of what really inspired us. You know, we wanted to, we noticed a, we saw like a, a need and a want for that style of show again, where it was very just like off the cuff, raw, you know, not overly produced and just a genuine like catalog of looking for these creatures. Um, So we kind of, you know, pulled the, some of the things that we liked and then kind of added our own kind of spin and flare on you know a few of the things you know the main thing obviously is like our whole production crew is involved um it's not just uh me and my cousin on camera and we uh you know we don't do two you know two cases an episode we like to focus on all of our time on one thing um and yeah i mean it's and, and it's funny how much like Destination Truth has like helped me create the show in terms of like the people that were involved on it, um, like the medic Rex Williams from and he was on season three and like half of season four. Him and I are good friends. He helped us, um, kind of develop, kind of take the format that we had and and tailor it more to TV. Um, Evan Stone and uh, um, Evan Stone who was the uh, one of the camera guys for quite a while on DT um, we follow each other on Instagram and he's, you know, watched the show and it has, you know, lots of encouragement, you know, really enjoys, you know, enjoys the con- you know, kind of what we're doing and, and definitely sees it as that kind of, you know, modern DT. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And I have met uh, Aaron Ryder and Jial DePardo and, you know, they have all, you know, expressed, you know, a lot of, you know, they're happy to see that it's getting done um, by somebody that, you know, is a fan of the show and kind of wants it to, to come into the modern, modern era. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting how much DT has inspired Mm -hmm. it, but then also has like helped it given the people that were actually on it that I've met um, and have been able to kind of, Get uh, some really good inf- uh, input and uh, encouragement from.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You you said on uh, in uh, one of your other interviews, I can't talk. One of your other interviews that um, you know, you wanted to do this because there isn't anything else out there right now like this. You have Expedition Bigfoot, you have like the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, and then you have like all these ghost shows. But right now, there's no shows for cryptids on TV like there's a huge lack for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely been a challenge, um, in that aspect. And, you know, we've, we've definitely talked to some TV people and a lot of it was, you know, it, it's, it seems like it's such a niche, almost community and a, and a desire. Um, you know, and I've kind of told them I says, there's, there's definitely a, a want and a need for this type of show, But they don't, you know, they need something that they feel is going to sell to a wider audience and not just the cryptic community. Um, And I think I had somebody say, somebody literally straight up told me if it was a ghost show, I would greenlit it no problem. But, and I remember someone telling me that, oh, there's, you know, there's no, there's no uh, need in the market or, you know, there's no, There's no room in the market right now for cryptid shows. No one's looking for cryptid shows, and I was told that the day before Travel Channel launched their "In Search of Monsters" series, I'm like Travel Channel. I like and I. I, That's how I respond. I'm like Travel Channel. Literally has the cryptid show coming out tomorrow, so don't tell me that it's not needed. And then literally like within that (laughs) within then within that same year is kind of when like exhibition Bigfoot and. All these other you know shows kind of started coming out, and then you know they brought back mountain monsters and it's like, okay, neat, you know let's let's have eighty more shows about just Bigfoot and you know let's you know throw some more ghost hunting shows into the mix and then but what about you know the other stuff? What about the stuff that no one's talking about? you know you got how many how many people out there looking for Bigfoot and they're not finding anything but I've got several people telling me they've got, like, hardcore evidence of a lake monster in, you know, in Vermont, or, you know. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to stay true to ourselves, and, you know, if we can, if people are going to watch it, which, I mean, our first season, like, went off no problem. Like, it got, you know, tons of views. I mean, I shouldn't say tons, but it got a lot for what, you know, for how little we marketed it and, you know, just like the the state of the following, but people really dug it. People really liked that approach and the honest, you know, we were out there, no bullshit. We're trying to find the answers, trying to find the truth. You know, we're not, you know, overproducing it. We're not, you know, just some randomly selected people that have no interest in the, in the community and the topic. Um, you know, we are genuine researchers trying to find genuine answers. And apparently that's not sellable. <laughs> it's not, um,
0: it's not, not real enough. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... I mean, we definitely want... If, you know, we were to get the right uh, kind of offer and the right deal, you know, we would definitely take it. Um, more so for us, it's being able to do this full-time. Mm-hmm. It's not for the... Any, you know any amount of money the glory the fame whatever it's to genuinely be able to get paid to do our research and to travel and you know yeah we're making a show about it but it's we're getting to investigate some things that we you know genuinely want to investigate and are not being told to go investigate them
0: yep i hear you man that's exactly what what uh, caps is all about right here so but all right, we are about out of time for our uh, one-hour mark here. So I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in person in June at the Marinette Menominee Bigfoot Conference. So uh, where else you are going to be at the, the Van Meter Festival?
1: Yep. Um, yeah, there's, uh, it's September 24th in Van Meter, Iowa. Um, they put in a new venue this year, so it'll be nice. It'll be indoor and uh i don't know the speaking lineup um i haven't been asked uh i will be there with a, i will be, i will be there i will physically be there <laughs> i don't know if i'm going to be speaking they haven't released any sort of lineup yet they just kind of finally started uh posting updates about it um so yeah, i'll be there and then i'll be at uh Menominee marionette with a booth uh which i'm i'm looking forward to um And that's it. I just have the two. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, can find me on Instagram at Nash Hoover, all one word, um, you can find chasing legends on Instagram at chasing legends TV. Uh, you can go to ChasingLegendsCrew.com, and that's all of our episodes are on there and a bunch of info. You can see meet the team and, uh, you know, all of our social links and stuff are on there. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to have a chat when we're when we meet in person and maybe hash some stuff out. Perfect. I look it forward. would be cool to work together on something.
0: It would, you got to come up to the upper, upper Michigan to the hiding adventure and uh, go bigfooting with us up there too. I would love that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I have one other thing. Um, Oh, Do you uh, you have any update on when season two of Chasing Legends comes out? (laughs) All right. I wish I did. We haven't even shot
1: anything. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a busy year. Um, So yeah, we, I'm, I'm finally going to getting back. You know, I had, my son was born in October. um, So that kind of has thrown some things off. I know we, Originally had planned on starting. We we originally were going to start shooting last summer. Um, and then with my fiance getting pregnant and stuff like that, I couldn't leave. Um, so
0: she think of all this.
1: She's happy. I mean, it's as long as I'm happy, she's happy. I mean, she'll be (laughs) she'll be there with me. My son will be there with me um, when we come to Menominee Marinette. Um, yeah, she likes to come to these things and meet the people, and I mean, it's she doesn't have much interest in uh, in the field outside of kind of what I tell her, but <laughs> she's definitely very supportive of it. And um, yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea when season two happened. Maybe I'll have an answer <laughs> come festival or come uh, your event, but uh, yeah, we're hopefully, hoping to get started on some stuff here by the end of the summer. And, you know, I'd say, Winterish, maybe we, spring of next year yet, so yeah a couple months
0: from we're, we're uh recording this in february so uh i think this will air i'm not sure a little bit closer to, to june but uh so you, you got some time so yeah I'll, <laughs> the answer might be different hopefully yeah, it's different. different hopefully All right, man, well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us, and we'll get all your links and stuff in the show notes for anybody that's interested in uh, checking you guys out, your Facebook and website, and uh, links to your YouTube as well, so you guys can all go out and check out Chasing Legends. That's it for this week's episode. I want to thank our guest, Nash Hoover, for joining us. We will see him in June. And until next time, I'm your host, Barnaby. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. You will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. If you enjoy our podcasts or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Caps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. Visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us.